What's up, buddy? Oh, I am doing pretty well. I got some new weed recently when I went to the store. New weed? Is that time for that up for the part of the episode? That was quick. We're only 15 seconds in. We got new weed. Well, I folks. mean, I, I I have to smoke. He's... This is the whole point is drunk thoughts and high opinions. <laughs> I have to smoke. So I got some new weed. Look at the size at that of that nug. fucking thing. Why does that nug look like the shape of Africa? You know, it kind of does. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> but it is um it's some real good weed. It's called all-purpose flower. F-L-O-W-E-R or F-L-O-U-R? O-W. Okay, so like flower, like a, a, a bouquet of flowers. Yeah. Like Not flowers refer- and like pizza flour. As in we or usually bur- refer to uh, uh, buds as flower when it comes to marijuana. You know, man, I never assume shit when it comes to the naming conventions of marijuana. That's fair. But I think that you can be safe in just assuming that it's a flower like a like a nice rose. Is it safe? Oh, it's safe. Is it safe? Oh, it's safe. Is it safe? Oh, it's safe, my dude. Is it safe? <laughs> you never saw the Clerks cartoons, did you? Uh, I actually, I did dabble. I did watch them, you know, back when I was really, really into... Um, uh, 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 Kevin. Right when I you know first discovered him, I was consuming everything I could find, and well, you, um, don't, you didn't watch him enough to remember that scene. No, no. I. Okay. The funny thing is, I did watch them like three times. How high were you each time? Very. <laughs> that is. I love, I, it's like it's like the opening. I think it's might have been even the first episode's like opener. Well, they they aired them out of order, but if you watch them in order, the first scene is a dude just walks into the quick stop and he's like, "Hello, is anybody here? Are you guys open?" And all you hear is Randall, "Is it safe?" over like an intercom. He goes, "Yeah, it's safe. It's really safe." "Is it safe?" "It's really safe. Guys, I just want to buy some smokes, man." "Is it safe?" And that repeats for like a good three minutes until the guy breaks down at the counter is like, I just want some smokes and then runs out of the building and then spontaneously combusts into fire. What? (laughs) Yep. Yeah. That sounds like some Kevin Smith shit. (laughs) Yes. I just watched the uh, movie with my lady friend last night for Valentine's Day. They came together. I think, have we talked about this movie before? On the channel, no, I don't believe so. Uh, it is a, a David Wayne film. Uh, it is the film that came out right before they returned to Wet Hot American Summer uh, for the TV series. Gotcha. It is starring Paul Rudd and Amy Ooh. Poehler, and it is basically a spoof of romantic comedies. It most scenes from classic romantic comedies show up in this in some form or another, being made fun of. Um, and it's just a silly, silly, funny comedy. And it has my, my favorite, one of my favorite scenes, maybe in the cinema history where Paul Rudd is having a rough night. He goes into a bar and he has, 
two shot glasses in front of him. The bartender pours him some glasses and he says, you having a rough night? And he goes, you uh, tell me about it. He goes, well, you came in here looking like crap and you haven't said much. He goes, you can say that again. He goes, well, you came in here looking like crap and you haven't said very much. And he goes, yeah, tell me about it. And then it repeats like that for maybe 55 seconds before finally it cuts back to the premise of them telling the story to their friends. And Bill Hader's like, okay, we get it. <laughs> it's a 55 second clip of just the constant back and forth <laughs> tell me about it well you can't i mean i'll watch paul like rudd do anything for 55 <laughs> seconds <laughs> and it's just the same two looks of just <sighs> <sighs> they just played it over and over and over they just repeated the same <laughs> yeah, like, it's, just like, it's like we need we need an extra minute of footage just for whatever reason <laughs> let's just loop this scene <laughs> and it is my favorite scene in cinema history that says so much about your taste that I'm not even going to deep dive into that can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> All purpose flower. Tell me about this new weed. We got to talk about your so new weed. It's a sativa. Well, first, I'm sorry. I'm going to cut you off for one second. All right. Why don't we introduce the show? Do we really need to introduce the show at this point? Like I think people, we do. You never know when we're going to get the fourth it. listener. You never know when that fourth person's going to show. We got our constant three. But just like you... Maybe maybe one of them finds love and, and they bring him into the fold. So introduce yourself. I am Graham. I am your high opinions and your mad musings. I am here to discuss things on a socioeconomical level. <clears throat> what? <laughs> <laughs> None of that. Well, the first two thirds are true, but this is the last third kind of went off the rails a little bit there. <laughs> what about you, Corey? Welcome. What can you tell people about yourself? Well, spoilers, you just told them my name. Jeez. Uh, you called me Graham, so I mean. I know. I'm just a dick. I am Corey Rokes. I am your drunken dastardly dude on this episode and this week's episode of Drunk Thoughts and High Opinions. So Graham's going to smoke a big old hit of that, which I realized last week while I was playing with your levels, I went a little too high. And that bubbling comes through like super hot on the speaker. So next time I'm going to ask you to kind of lean away from the microphone. Oh, I've been leaning. Because otherwise it's like you're like blowjobbing the microphone with that bong. Yes. Like going balls deep on it. So, all right. Yes. Now, all purpose flower. <laughs> Tell us about this weed. Well, it's a sativa, sativa and it is, it was the cheapest thing I could get at 28 grams but i did not expect the cheapest weed to be that fucking good you can already see it in my eyes i'm already affected by this i am <coughs> blown away by this <coughs> it whew, it's so moist like you know a weed is good when it's moist moist like, do you know this, Corey? Your years of experience smoking weed uh, prior to to uh, going green clean, so to speak, uh, uh, would you would you say that that is true? That the danker, the more moist weed, usually hits the harder, hardest. I'm the, the clean, green, loving machine. That's me. Uh, no, well, maybe I. I never smoked enough to really make a full distinction on that front. And for me, a lot of weed was very dry. Like I had a hard time. I have a hard time smoking weed with my asthma. 
Of course. So like all weed just kind of hurts <laughs> uh, when it's That's when fair. it's smoked, which is why I I, I enjoy the edibles personally. Uh, but you know, and, and I can usually pick up on different flavors, but I never paid attention to the moistness of uh, of a right. good herb. So maybe. Well, you yeah, you've know. noticed. Uh, perchance when you have uh, rolled a joint or filled a bowl at your old frat house that when sometimes uh weed has been sitting out for a long time it gets drier and you know more powdery That's most plants <clears throat> most plants yes <laughs> whereas exhibit a would some, be this dying some, spider fern behind me <laughs> yes and some weed even is ground up like that you just grind it and immediately turns into a powder it's just naturally dry it's it not doesn't mm-hmm. hold any moistness but then there are some where and when i say moistness i mean i'm referring to the fact that when you touch it your hands become sticky mm-hmm. there get, gets that little tiny bit of resin on it there's that there's like a coating over it like there is still that 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 moisture in it that is it's producing like eating cheetos stickiness. exactly exactly <laughs> like you're gonna get you're you're not eating cheetos right if you don't have fucking orange fingers and the same and thing you're not with smoking weed, weed right unless you got green fingers well you're not smoking you're not smoking good weed if you don't have green fingers <laughs> if you don't if you don't have uh, if you're not like kind of like playing with your fingers afterwards going like ah there's a lot of stickiness on there what so, do i feel like you're like the kind of guy that's just like like licking his fingers like one does after kfc no i do not do that uh maybe you should start maybe i should start who knows we'll see all right Corey. you apparently have a great beer to share with us today why don't you tell us a little bit about that well i was trying to find a better segue into it because i am drinking and don't get too excited until i finish but it is called big doinks big doinks big doinks hunker down for doinkage Extra dank India Pale Ale, six and a half ABV. Ah, a love and the description: a love letter to our favorite West Coast IPAs. Sticky, resinous, bitter, maximally dank and crisp. Notes of mm. citrus, citrus rind, pine trees, and dot 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 other stuff. Now this is a pure alcoholic I'd like drink. To it's not one of the, the other uh, stuff. I'd like to I'd like to put a magnifying glass on other stuff and talk yeah, about I'm that. Sure you would. <laughs> but uh, yeah, this is sadly it is only an alcoholic beverage. It's not one of the THC beverages that are becoming commonly available in Minneapolis. I do intend to pick some of those up, and we're going to do a little role reversal on a uh, drunk thoughts and high opinions at some point, where I will mm-hmm. be the high opinions and you will be the drunk thoughts. I think that sounds because like I'm good getting idea. sick of these fucking hangovers. But I thought this would be a good middle ground of, uh, you know, everything where it's a nice it's it's a beer inspired by weed. I mean, talk about an ultimate like this is the the beer of drunk thoughts and high opinions. And it's brewed right here in Minneapolis by the Fair State Brewing Cooperative. So let's crack on, shall we? Crack on. Shall I smoke another bowl while you go at it? You shall smoke another bowl while I pour this. Big Doinks, brought to you by Drunk Thoughts and High Opinions. And while we do that, Corey, I have a question for you. Uh Remember, head always becomes beer. Nothing wrong with a little head. Nothing wrong with a lot of head, because it always turns into beer. But, Corey, before we jump into uh, it today, speaking of which, before we jump into topics, how was your Valentine's Day? 
my Valentine's Day was uh, lovely uh, because my lovely girlfriend was down in the States and we were not able to be together. We instead uh, uh, decided to cook the same meal so we could mm-hmm. pretend that we were together and then watch a movie Aww. together. So it was, I think it ended up working out this, but this is the sort of things that we learned to do during COVID and then it just passes on into, you know, the future. Uh, so yeah, I had a lovely, lovely Valentine's Day. Um, not really much to say beyond that. Uh, Corey, how was yours? Mine was fan fucking tastic. Well, I, oh, let me context this while you're smoking your bowl. Valentine's Day, in and of itself, was meh, pretty standard Tuesday for me. Not really much to go on. Uh, the day at work was good. Went to band. That was good. And then I, uh, I FaceTimed my girlfriend, Hannah, uh, for about an hour, and that was nice. What we did was I went to visit her the past, this past weekend, and we did a pre-Valentine's because we knew we wouldn't be there. We wouldn't be together on the day with it falling on a Tuesday. We knew that we wouldn't be able to spend the day together. So we did uh, Saturday, this past Saturday. We went on a, a wonderful dinner date up to Green Bay to a restaurant called Angelina's. Had a nice, she had a great ribeye steak. Probably one of the best ribeyes mm. I've ever tasted. This thing was fucking <laughs> and Sounds good. It was I love amazing. a good steak. It was it was their special, and she, it was she the 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 waiter this wonder the great waitress told us about it. Um, shout out to Nicole, and it sounded so good that Hannah and I looked at each other. And it's like okay, one of us is ordering that, mm-hmm. and so Hannah ordered that. And it was uh, with a side of baked gnocchi, mm. super good. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And mm. I ordered a uh, roasted chicken with cheese stuffed tortellini, Alfredo. Mmm. Yeah. So that we had some real really good, good fucking meals, some nice drinks. I mean, this was a fancy joint, and we got dressed up. I had a shirt and tie on. She had a wonderful blue new dress that she got from White House Black Market. We went full on fancy, and man, chef's kiss, man. It was a wonderful dinner date. So there was that. And then Sunday, Sunday was our six month anniversary of dating, or what we've agreed upon as being our. Start date of dating because there was really no like official like when did it switch we just kind of like grew into it sure you know that happened. Like, it just kind of blossomed and that's when one of the things I consider to be very special about the relationship is it wasn't like we met with the intention of dating or we it just was like we're really enjoying each other like we're enjoying mm-hmm. spending time with each other let's keep it moving let's keep the momentum going and yeah move you know move on to the next step and so. But looking back, we kind of pinpointed a, a date. And so this past Sunday was the six-month anniversary of that date. So we celebrated that, so to speak. And Very nice. Very nice. It was yeah. such a wonderful weekend. I mean, this girl is so fantastic. I can't, I can't wait to spend more time with her. So mm-hmm. very soon, very soon. So yeah. she got me – I'll have to send you a picture of it off air. Uh, a, a brass compass from Etsy. And when you open up, there's a personalized inscription about like, you know, I don't know. I don't know what to expect with all of our adventures or, uh, you know, but I do know that as long as I'm with you, it's going to be a good time. Something like that. Oh, very, very cute. Very adorable. It was a wonderful yeah. thing. I got her. Uh, she wanted a she's been looking to get a smartwatch for a while, like a Fitbit type thing. So mm-hmm. uh, I bought her that a couple weeks ago because she was about to buy one herself. And I'm like, no, no, I was going to get you one for Valentine's. And so 
bought it for her a couple weeks early and then i sent her, but i did i did send her flowers uh yesterday so she was at work and without her knowledge guy showed up and gave her a big old bouquet which she really appreciated so yeah it was a wonderful valentine's to say the least you know and, you know, uh, I yeah. guess I did. I did technically kind of forget to uh, uh, mention that because Morgan and I are long distance, uh, we celebrated Valentine's Day a little early. But then, because it was the day, we decided to do something anyway. But we we did do something back at the beginning of the month when she was visiting. Yeah, I like that idea of cooking the same meal and watching the movie together. Like that's that's nice. That's a that's a good yeah good, and way, it was good way to nice, do it. It was a nice breakfast hash for dinner. Nothing like a good breakfast hash for dinner. You did then put into burritos. A brinner, yeah. Ah, brinner is the best. Brinner, I did a brinner. (laughs) No, you gotta watch Scrubs. Brinner is like a huge, huge thing, and it's amazing. So brinner, breakfast for dinner, fantastic. Mm. Love it. I've done that for years. Love it. It's it is such a good thing, but doing it as a date even better. Mm Hmm. I don't know what it is, but it's just amazing. Like, it just has that magic. It's sinfully delicious. Very much so. Very much so. Yeah. Let's jump into this week's topic. I was thinking the same thing. MinMax, which is a wonderful Minnesota-based company, video game reporting news company uh, by Patreon. Uh, It's it's helmed by a bunch of former Game Informer uh, associates, Mm -hmm. including a gentleman named Ben Hansen. Mm. who used to do uh, one of their podcasts and stuff. Wonderful individual. Uh, like I, lo- I love to listen to his podcast because he's such a wonderful video game nerd and journalist. He, he and a bunch of guys founded this MinMax, and they recently sat down and did an interview with the developers of God of War Ragnarok. And I think we should talk about that and, to, and finally break into our thoughts and opinions on Ragnarok. What do you say? I say we go for it. So there was a couple of bits of information. A couple of bits. Jeez, way to fucking fuck that up. God damn it. Well, I there was a pause. You didn't say anything. I was like, well, I was sipping my beverage. Thank you. So what did they have to say? Let me do my show for Christ's sakes. (laughs) It's our show. (laughs) It is our show. It's 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 a. Elton John or uh, who's the other dude? Billy Billy Joel. That's the one. It's a Billy Joel quote. Let me do my show for Christ's sakes. Uh, yes. Anyway, so they talked to the developers. There's a couple of cool bits of information that came out of the interview. Uh, first one that I thought was very interesting is where did that go? What is it? Uh, they didn't realize that the hints were so fucking annoying. Did you hear about that? Like, I think you and I may have talked about it a little bit, but like hmm. the fact that if you sit there and look at a puzzle for more than five seconds, the entire game starts yelling at you. Yes. So I turned how are your feelings I, on that? Well, I immediately turned that setting down. Um, After I, they updated I, the patch, because initially it didn't have that. Right. Right. Um, the moment that they um, had an option to like, Case the clues. I tell people to shut the fuck up. In. Yeah, I was fine with the clues. I just needed it to happen uh, uh, less often. You know, uh, I needed it to happen every two minutes instead of every ten seconds. Um, 
So once I had that going, I was like, you know, this is much better. I think it was like 50 seconds per. And I was like, that, I'm fine with that. I'll take it. Um, okay. And I, I figured out the puzzles quickly enough um, most <laughs> of the time that they honestly weren't bothering me about it. So that was nice. There was only a few puzzles where I was just like, good God, I can't figure this out. And so I would hear them say it maybe like, oh, 20 or 30 times because it was, you know, yeah, they, like they, they have like minutes. the same, the same three hints. Yeah. Like people shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. It, Do you that find that's a trend in a lot of new games? Cause like forbidden West also does this way well, this more is, than zero dawn did. This is, this is my problem with, uh, uh, the, what most people are considering the triple a titles you know the 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 big games the ones who that should be winning awards these really like epic storytelling games well that is all, a like, AAA hold, title like, no 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 by what, definition like, no it is I, the people the people <laughs> that are that are like uh uh, uh like getting really excited about these specific triple a titles because of their storytelling and their, and their, you know, graphics and stuff like that. They all like follow this weird trend that was started in the last of us and uncharted. Unfortunately, I love them. Uh, but they started the trend of like, you know, you're doing a, a game that has little minor puzzles and you have to like get through them. And if you don't, get them immediately the person that you're with is immediately going to be like hey why don't you try this hey why don't you try this hey why don't you try this and i so would the, argue <clears throat> that started back in ocarina of time hey listen very very fair uh, uh in terms of <laughs> that's actually a really good point um it did start with ocarina listen. of time Hey, listen. Um, but Shut the fuck up, Navi. In my opinion, it, for at least voice acting, besides the hey, listen, like besides that, the um, it really like became a big, big thing, especially in AAA games with Uncharted and The Last of Us. Um, and uh, as we all know, God of War. Um, that is a heady beer. 2018 that is a heavy beer uh the god of war 2018 was heavily inspired by the success of the last of us uh going for like the um kind of success of of having a a, a parent and child dynamic being for uh, uh in a kind of harsh conditioned world a harshly conditioned world and so like that was heavily inspired and they took lots of things from the last of us and one of the things they took was lots of um uh clues Hints. given by the person that's following you all the time or people and it's fine because especially for <laughs> like accessibility it makes it easier for people who are like i just want to like play through a story and not have to really worry about challenges people who play games on the lowest lowest difficulty Heathens. but yeah but i'm i'm somebody who loved elden ring a game that literally does not tell you anything yeah you're a fucking sadist nobody gives a shit about your opinion <laughs> like, you no, like no, no. punishment <laughs> i but no but there's something so relaxing about not nobody telling you what to do and you just like because when when you're when you're following mm. your character who's constantly telling you what you should be doing then you're like oh god i have to go do that i have to go do that again when you're just playing elden ring or mm. or games like that you're just like hey 
nobody's telling me what to do. Nobody's like showing me where to go. I'm just going to go in a direction and I'm going to explore and I'm definitely going to find something. And that was the beauty of Elden Ring was you always found something when you went. In yeah, that but that's a personal opinion. That's you and your play style. That's not a fact. That's an opinion. That's no, that's fair. That's all fair. right. Let's the, you're keeping it to the high opinions there. Kind of that's your force job. Force an anxiety but, on you of like, oh, I have to take care of well, everything. No, because some people like, uh, for instance, myself, where you're just you know sometimes that's overload. Like I don't play games like Skyrim because that's exactly what the game does to you. It says pick a direction and you're gonna have a good time. Is what we want you to do. But I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, and that causes more anxiety. So it's a it's a personal thing mm. to enjoy that. It's not universal. That's fair. That's fair. But some people like a little direction, Graham. Some people like a little do it like, a little too much, as you were pointing that, out. And that's what we're discussing is the 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 depth of which they do it. Whether or not they do it is a whole. What you know, these is, games need to do is take a note from Elden Ring and then combine it with with what they're doing. You know, it's a happy Don't, medium they need to find. They have, yeah, exactly. And, they they need to respond. Not like fully flip it in the opposite direction, but they need to find the thing that worked with Elden Ring and apply it to their own games. And the thing that worked about Elden Ring was that the game felt fully immersive. You could go anywhere and do anything from any level. And it was and a not fully open Ring. world game. I mean, well, it's not just I Elden Ring, Bre- but Breath but of the like, Wild and that game kind of does the same thing. Breath of the Wild is a good example as well. I'm just using Elden Ring because that's the thing that's fresh in my mind. We're about to get uh, come up on its one year anniversary. We're about to get a DLC announcement. It's like a year old. This give it the, the times, game. old man. This is the game. This is the. This is still the the talk of the town. This is still a very active mm, game in your this world. Is, yeah, it's still a very very popular game. It's still one eh. of the best selling games out there. Um, I call me when the DLC drops. Okay, well, the DLC is probably getting announced in 10 days on its uh, one-year anniversary, so we shall see. But we're not here to talk about Elden Ring. We're here to talk about God of War. Well, I think that the next game could take a little bit of a clue by making the game more open world. and Even more open world? Okay, okay. Even more open world. Um, And... Hmm making it less handholdy because they did a good job once they implemented that patch i think that kind of solved a lot of issues it did but what i'm talking about is is for an open world game its paths are on rails so to speak um at least not as much as the first game but there are definitely in instances like you can only do a few a few things. Then, like every every map you could go to in Ragnarok, obviously had its open world aspect. The elves' world had its big open snow um, map, and the dwarves had the, the what sand in Van. Uh, you're, you're talking about sorry, uh, yeah, the sand that was yeah, covered it was like a in, desert. Yeah, desert. Um, it kind of <laughs> felt like a Metroidvania, almost. The open world was sort of Metroidvania in the sense that, like, you had to, like, I, you know, I kind liked of. this. The, the one of the beefs I had with Ragnarok, because I, I agree with you in the sense that, like, uh, it's nice to be able to explore, but like, 
Ragnarok, it as I played through it, it felt like the game, it felt like a game that was only worth exploring when you got to the end. Versus the original, the first one, the 2018 one, yeah, there was a couple of things locked behind, like, oh, you need this weapon or this maneuver to, to do this. But the game kind of like halfway through gives you pretty much everything. And then the second half of the game, you can do whatever you want. I remember I did like all the side quests before I went and beat the game. Mm-hmm. Versus Ragnarok was like, you need to be basically at the end of the game, you know, at the Ragnarok level. You know, like after you've triggered Ragnarok almost. And and then you can go explore or even the post game where it's like, OK, you've beaten the game. Now go do the side stuff. It, it you, know, you know what I'm saying? Like you kind of needed mm-hmm. to have everything to do everything. They really locked everything behind all the the unlock, you know, the the, the weapons and the maneuvers it, like, the you know, getting the. And we're going to drop into spoilers here, folks. So if you haven't played the game, fuck you. Uh, getting the drop near spear to, to you know, to create new paths and, uh, and, and shit like that. You kind of, like, it didn't promote a lot of exploring in the game. It was really promoting exploring post-game. Does that make sense? I 100% agree. Um, I kind of felt the same way with the first game, but I... Uh, will agree that the game did at least encourage more um uh uh like engage engagement with the side content before the end this one did kind of like the last three or so quests are just kind of like oh shit like we're going now and they were did give you places to pause and go do the side content but it kind of felt like not good timing <laughs> you know it did like, feel good timing and then like and even then i ran into like oh you need to have uh, the spear you know you can blatantly see the marks on the wall of like oh i need to come back here with the spear to make this oh i'm talking the, about i'm talking about like the literally when you've like opened up the forge and shit <laughs> yeah like they give you then, options they give you options to go off into the side content at that point and you're just like this feels like not good timing i yeah. i should come back after i've beaten the game to do the side content <laughs> it'll so, just feel right and for, and you but, know weirdly i i actually in a way felt like doing some of the side content was better some of it was better in the post game, for example, I did Freya's quest line on uh, I think it's uh, Vanaheim. 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 Um, I did her quest on Vanaheim that gets her her sword after the game. I took her when when Atreus was not with me, and I don't know how the the quest went when Atreus was with us, but I really well, he's really not. Liked... He's not there when. No, if you if you choose to follow that line, he's not with you. Right. Well, I went after the game was done and it worked. It was really good. It was like, oh, we've killed him. But even then, it's still not enough. But taking the sword back is kind of like her last redemption. That felt way better doing it after the game. Uh, and I yeah, felt that I could way see with that. a lot I of enjoyed other quests it. as well. Um, I did so. that quest like right after you get her as a, a partner. Mm-hmm. And that was nice, only from the soul fact. Like I agree with you from a narrative standpoint, that probably would make more sense. But it was really nice having that second sword and like some of her special maneuvers later in the game. 
when right. she was like you know again we became your partner later in the game for a lot of things i was like i, did I think you know about i that. unlocked that i did think about that i was like oh that would have been nice uh, yeah, i forget what so, she has in that sword but <laughs> i mean it's not it's well she has a really cool it's like a hold square cross slash attack that does a fair amount of damage so having having that earlier was nifty not essential but nifty i would say so um Okay, and then the um, let's 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 dive into the story. Actually, you brought up the narrative and how like things kind of fell into the narrative spot of of uh, Freya. The other big uh, reveal, so to speak, and I don't you know I don't know if reveal is the right word, but fuck it, we're going with it because I fucking say so because I'm co-host of the show. Is Minmax and the developers? They talked about how early in the development stage of God of War Ragnarok, one of the original ideas that was pitched was to have Kratos die against Thor in the beginning of the game. So the game opens up. There's a little bit of a tutorial, a little bit of exposition dump, and then boom, you're thrown into a boss fight with Thor, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. It is like one of the best moments in the game, in my opinion. Yeah. And it's so cinematic, so climactic, so just awesome. Cause it's they, one of the most know, cinematic got... fights of all time in, in a game. At yeah, least. it's, it's fantastic. And, the, the developers even toyed with the idea of t- killing Kratos during that fight. And then the game would jump 20 years into the future, putting Atreus at like 34. So he's in a yeah. full-fledged adult at this point. And he, and then that, that's when the story would pick up and he would have his own little adventure, including digging Kratos out of hell. So, mm-hmm. you know, because like, let's let's be honest at this point, Kratos has died and gone to hell or some version of it to base based on the pantheon that he's in like five times. So that man yeah. is fucking immortal. And so, yeah, Kratos, uh, Atreus would have dug him out and then they would have completed the story. Yeah. Opinions on that, Graham. I think I think that that would have been a better writing choice to kill him have us play as atreus for maybe like what what was the story of the game probably 20 hours of gameplay mm, yeah i'd say close to 30 but... about three hours in no it was sooner than that it was probably like two maybe one yeah so pretty if, quick if they were to yeah if they were to kill off uh kratos in the first hour of the game and then have us play as Atreus for the next 10 hours or so. 10, 15, yeah, yeah. 10, 15 hours, and then bring back Kratos um, and keep his moveset from the first game, but Atreus has adopted a lot of the things that um, he had in the... Uh, he has gained in, in this game, like things that Kratos gained, like uh, Dropnire Spear, I think would have been a good the choice to put on atreus as an adult instead of having kratos use three weapons because i loved having three weapons but the problem was i only ever really used two at a time and i wanted to be using all three it would have been way cooler if i was like oh i'm using all three but i just i didn't feel like I could. I had the brain capacity to add a third weapon into the mix yeah, of like combo, jumping between combo. them. Yeah, I'm just comboing between like, two different ones instead of three. What if they had done a thing where you're playing as a Atreus, you get the drop near spear, 
And then just like the midpoint of the first game was getting the Blades of Chaos, the midpoint of this game was getting Kratos out. But you still play as Atreus, but Kratos is your companion. And so you're using the Leviathan Axe switched with the, the drop near spear, and Kratos just has his Blades of Chaos. Oh, that's a good idea. Oh, I like that. And so, like, when you press square, he would have done a special attack with his Blades of Chaos. You know, he would have helped you out in some capacity. Just like when you press square in the game now, it's when he uses a ranged arrow or something like that. Mm -hmm. But he, he like, sticks him with a blade. But in the meantime, he's off on his own doing his own thing, like, you know, Mm -hmm. as a companion does. Like, they're pretty effective. Make him, like, an overpowered companion. (laughs) Yeah, just OP, hardcore. So... That would have been, I think, pretty um, interesting, or at least a unique dynamic. And then you they, can do like combos yeah. with the Leviathan axe. Yes, you could do like um, you throw the axe and shoot an arrow. Well, you throw the axe, and then Kratos like grabs it, picks it up, hacks an enemy in half, and then you summon it back to your hand or something like that. Kind of think or you, uh, you guys can like uh, you guys are like in sync of like summoning it back and forth or something. Like he'll summon it when you don't want it. Something like that. I, what I got pictured in my head is if you remember the pivotal, well, not the pivotal, but like the climactic fight in Civil War, uh, Avengers, uh, not Avengers, Captain America Civil War, and both Bucky and Cap are fighting Iron Man, and they're like bouncing the shield between the two of them. Yes. <clears throat> Something like uh, that, but yeah. with a Leviathan axe. I think that's good. That would have been dope. That would have been very dope. I think it would have been the better writing decision. I think that franchise-wise, this game has been around for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that fans would not have been happy with the choice. People like Kratos. Kratos is a likable character. Um, he's grown a Surprisingly. lot. Um, and he's beloved by many people, both toxic and non. <laughs> and uh, so I think that it would have not gone over wonderfully, especially by the louder part of the internet. If they had gone in that direction, <laughs> we'd have so, around that one, bud. So I think they, what they did was queue up that for the future. They kind of made us comfortable with the doing that in the future. This game made me love playing as Atreus. I loved playing as as him. Um, his combat system was so simple and unique, and I enjoyed the uh, the probably my favorite scenes in the game were like him and Thor going off on their own little adventures, like Thor being <laughs> drunk as hell and them going to hell. Those were fun. I admit, or, or, I was not a huge fan of playing as a trace, but I did like when Thor was your partner. Yeah, um, Thor was just so good in this game. He, you know, yeah. he he the actor who who played him talked about how he was inspired by um mark ruffalo's hulk and i was like nah man you're inspired by fucking uh 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 thanos josh brolin (laughs) he i mean who wouldn't the thor the thor in this game just sounded like josh brolin as thanos it did, didn't it? Like, he did I have that kind of same gravelly check, tone. I had to check several times that they weren't fucking with me on IMDb. I was like, are you sure it's not Josh Brolin? Because it sounds like a heck of a lot <laughs> like him. 
Did they just you know, it's funny because I played say, the game and I remember thinking, where have I heard this voice before? It sounds so familiar. And you're right. It did sound like Josh Brolin. <laughs> He's just like, I know what it's like to lose. Must be. <laughs> I know what it's like to lose the legs front of jelly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so true. That's what it was. It was bucking the fuck out of me. Yeah. That was like, I know this voice and this timbre and I know it wasn't Josh Brolin because I like, I knew it was a, an actor I'd never heard of before. Yeah. But it does sound like fucking Thanos. You're so yeah. right. It's Thanos. Oh God. Thor is no. Thanos. Um, mm. So that bothered me the entire Which is ironic <laughs> considering if you watch Avengers... <laughs> And like the whole connection between Thor and Thanos yeah. is uh, kind of disturbing. So, um, uh, yeah, no. So what else did you enjoy about the story? Let's talk about the story of the game. Uh, <laughs> um, Richard Schiff as Odin. That I was mean, perfect casting, in my opinion. Uh, Richard Schiff that was. <laughs> if you've ever seen West Wing, his character in that is just exactly how um, the Norse mythology describes Odin. Just kind of this like. Uh, 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 peddlesome man who's always like, you know, I'm gonna look, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna work things out with you. I have a deal that I can make with you. If if you work for me, I'll work for you. You know, he kind of have like that's that's how the mythology describes Odin. I want you to do that again, but I want you to do it more than New York accent that was being dropped there. (laughs) More or less? (laughs) More. You you had a hint of it. I want all of it. Okay, so I want give you me the, all of it, Graham. What, we're gonna make a deal here. We're gonna make a deal. So what we're gonna do is, uh, we're you. I'm gonna work for you. You're gonna work for me. We're gonna make this happen. Okay. So, uh, how many prostitutes died in your place? <laughs> okay, cut. Let's do it again. But I want you to say me's. I want you to like throw a little Joe Pesci into it. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's like nah. you're gonna. I'm gonna work for you, but you're gonna work for me's, and we're gonna. This is this is how it's gonna be. You know what I'm saying? How. Be. No, I think we're going to move <laughs> on and finish this conversation. Um, <laughs> asshole. <laughs> uh, I'm watching The Good Doctor right now, and Richard Schiff plays uh, the chief. Uh, not, uh, he, he was right. the he's the president of the hospital, and uh, but he's also going through his own bullshit with some like a brain tumor. And uh, I mean, and. Yeah, he's just like, a good actor. He's just a really he's a good very actor. great actor in in the perfect little niche that he does, and I'm glad they kind of they they grounded Odin in this game. Whereas mm. in like Marvel, we got this bombastic Anthony Hopkins big ass like Which golden is not motherfucker. How the mythology describes him. That's how the comics are, but that's not how. And that's the fine. That's what I'm saying. Like the is. comics did a great job with him, and I, I love Anthony Hopkins. As Odin, I thought that was great casting yeah. for what they were trying to accomplish in those movies. But for the game and and how they, you know, because that's what they've done really good in all the God of War games is they've they really kept to, to the mythology, the actual mythology. Like, and this Odin does a great job. Remember in the first three games, how how all the the uh, Greek uh, Olympians were fucking awful people. Yeah, because that's how it was in the mythology. Yeah. If you actually break it down, <laughs> so they're they awful. be douchebags. <laughs> Zeus douche was not bags. a good dude. And so then they go to the Norse mythology, which 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 Norse mythology is more about like the the human experience than it is about the gods, like. Like that's the what I loved about the story in this game was that Odin truly had a purpose, and that was that 
he knew he was going to die and he wanted to know where he goes because when humans die, they go to his realm. But what happens to him when he goes and, and that bothered him. And I thought that was an amazing existential crisis for the villain to have in this game. And it was a true quest that the, that you are sent on and you are actually kind of curious about, and you never get the answer to because we don't know the answer. That's, that's the brilliant thing about it. We'll talk about the ending shortly, (laughs) but but I think that giving him that existential crisis made him more than just a villain. He was an anti-hero who was the um, the antagonist. Um, he wasn't a true villain. He was an anti-hero who happened to be the main antagonist. Um, In the context of what the game shows him has, I would contradict or argue that this stuff and the things he did before the events of the games make him a villain true, like everybody true. knows that he's a douchebag everybody's like odin's done this and odin's done that and you that's you very know, true they, very the, true. he is the villain but his part in the game and they give him you know the and how he tries to manipulate atreus mm-hmm. makes it yes i agree with you on that makes it uh rational and and understandable and so they gave they gave him a side a unique side mm-hmm. and they try to make him not so much likable but just sympathetic in a sense but uh, if you take him like, you know, what he did at Freya, what he did to the dwarves in Svartalheim and mm-hmm. uh, Nilevir and, and all that, it's like, no, this guy's a douchebag. Yeah. He's a he's, he's a, big a big old bag douche. of douche. Or what he did to Thor even, too. You know, that's if anything, if there's any character that I thought they did a really good job making sympathetic, it's Thor. Thor, absolutely. Thor, Where absolutely. Where he, you know, he's in the in the mythology, he's just a bumbling idiot. You know, we've we you know everybody who watched the Marvels movie sees this like uh, you know golden haired god, but mm-hmm. in the in the actual mythology, he's just kind of a dullard. He's kind well, of a, he's a real in, idiot and moron. In the mythology, with a, with a hammer a with a half a shaft. He's half giant in the mythology, which they portrayed very yep. well as him just being a, a chonkus uh, fellow. Um, yeah, and just a big, great big belly drinks a f- like fucking uh, a and that's totally accurate. Um, Mead. I loved that, and the the thing about this game that I that but like forget the mythology, forget anything. Th- this game's storytelling was just so good that it literally had me in tears while I was playing the game, while I was fighting. Well, that's because you're a pussy. You know. Well, fuck you. Um, but like f- right from the beginning of the game, I I ended the previous game when I was fighting. Um, uh, uh, forgetting his name at this point uh when you're fighting thor's son um magni and modi no no the oh balder sorry that's not thor's son that's not odin's son that's Uh, that's odin's son that's Um, thor's brother oh yeah it's odin's son thor's brother sorry i thought you said thor's son when when you're you're... i'm like three beers in fuck you i know no you're not sorry that's me that's me that's on me you were right i'm wrong i'll continue let me continue thank you yeah When you're when I was please. fighting Balder and please. and Freya is there and she's like screaming for you to stop like please don't I like don't do it like that gets me choked up because I understand you've had that whole game of context to know why she is so protective and then when it actually happens I was like man that's that's crushing and then begin this the second game you jump in with that exact same like emotional drive like you know she's already on top of you she's attacking you and you're like oh man I'm already feeling the tears coming back because I understand why she's so upset. Not if you're um, not a pussy. 
well, fuck you. And so I felt like this game consistently kind of kept that like emotional drive up. And the way they did that was through Thor and um, his daughter where her relationship to him was she just need she just wanted him to be around she just needed him to be around that's a very Thrud, right what what was her name Thrud? Thrud, yeah Thrud okay. just needs thor to be a father and to like try and keep this family together because he's obviously not giving a shit and that was such a hard thing to watch is this this girl who is like very honest about what she wants and being honest about what she wants uh to others but not actually getting that and you're so frustrated for her and then when he finally shows just an ounce of change right at the end of the the game odin is like well fuck this noise get out of here fat boy and just fucking like ends his existence and it's really 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 sad because i was it's obviously a god of war game people are gonna die gods are gonna die but you kind of were hoping for some character development for thor yeah some redemption and some you know you know i i i i have a theory a thought um a parallel to pitch to you. All right. Go for it. Thor is Kratos. If Kratos had not been abandoned by Zeus. Think about that for a hot minute. Think about that parallel of like, all right, so Kratos who, who, you know, he, he's Zeus's son. But he doesn't know that for the first umpteenth years of his life. Good comparison. And he goes off and he does his own thing and he becomes an angry douchebag mm-hmm. and then takes his revenge. But Thor, Thor is born under Odin's shadow and, and constantly tries to appease his father, knowing that that really means all his, you know, that's he has to live up to the name of Odinson and never can obtain it. Yeah. And. And so he spends his entire life trying to get up to that level with, uh, you know, trying to earn his father's approval, just like Atreus, too, by the way, if we're looking at parallels. And is just uh, never able to obtain it. So you have one character who embodies almost both of the protagonists in their parallels of trying to be better than their father, to appease their father, to just be their own person. And 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 exists with their family, which is what Kratos has been trying to do since the beginning. I mean, he had a family, and he ended up killing them, and so he goes to, you know, Norse mythology and ends up having a family there. And 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 like the whole point of these two games is, you know, how does he become a father? How does he do this? And Thor is still is Thor is also doing that same thing. Mm-hmm. How does he handle having a family, but also while appeasing his father so they have a there's a there's so many parallels one could draw there that makes that character so much more sympathetic yeah no absolutely i think uh that's a great comparison you said all there is to say i don't have anything to really add to that i think that um, oh but i want you to think on that and stew and you're gonna cry like a little bitch about it later aren't you no 
Um, okay. I think that's a good comparison that uh, Kratos is uh, it, it, Thor is definitely Kratos if if he had not been abandoned by Zeus. I think that's a, a really good way of putting it because um, like Zeus in the Greek mythology is just almighty and like doesn't give a fuck and like you know fucks whoever no, he, he wants gives a lot of fucks. He, he just doesn't care what he does. Of, he, he, yeah, he, <laughs> he a fucks a lot of bitches. He fucks a lot of bitches. He 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 uh, gives a lot of fucks, but not about what he does. Um, <clears throat> whereas Odin very much gives a fuck about what he does, um, and constantly is like, um, he's like, okay, I'm doing this because I'm going to do this. Like he he's constantly justifying to himself. Like we see that throughout the game that he is much more methodical, he, he, very methodical, and he and we're probably to under, we're led to understand that that everybody else felt that way when they first knew him as well. Is that he's always trying to justify why he's doing the things that he does. Zeus, probably uh, according to mythology, never tried to justify himself, and even in, in Norse mythology, Odin is constantly justifying. So this game is just on the money. <laughs> uh, I think that that's Odin, a long way to get to that point that everybody knew. <laughs> yes, Odin. Um, Odin is constantly like in this game, con- like trying to say, "Well, but but I'm doing this because I need to understand myself." It's like, yeah, but you're killing a lot of people to understand yourself, um, <laughs> which is a very very exaggerated um, metaphor for uh, real life. <laughs> yeah, like you said, existential crisis. Existential so, crisis, I, and I think they did a great job. Of- kind of portraying that and almost you did almost have a like a small sliver of empathy for odin you like you kind of yeah you could understand at least that like i said that the part with atreus you could kind of understand it's just his past deeds are really what kind of made him a douchebag so you know to see him go wasn't uh wasn't all that hard but Again, spoilers for the third time. And at this point, if you're still listening, if you are listening, well, thank you. Spoilers. Um, I love that Kratos decimates the Greek pantheon, even in like the 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 second and third game. The first game, not so much, but the second and third game, he really goes to town with like a lot of Greek heroes and kills them all. But these games, I mean, if you really want to compare the God count of death, it's like. You got Balder, you got Magni and Modi, Thor, Heimdall, and who else? Um, was there anybody else? Freya. That he kills. Oh, he sorry, kill sorry, Freya. sorry, sorry. I th- you were saying the ones that he kills. Like, who do you, does um, he? Who does who? Who does Kratos kill in these two games? Just those ones that you've listed, I those think. Those are five. Because he doesn't even kill Odin. They give Odin like a almost like a almost a redeeming idea of like, we're gonna put him in a little soul stone and I'd, and then Sindri in the most anticlimactic of endings. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, I, I liked what they did up until that point. It was up until that point I felt for Sindri, but when he did that, and that was the ending of the game where Sindri grabs Odin's soul and is just like Yeah. And then that's the end of it. Like I I was like, wow. I think that that is You're not allowed to have thoughts. You're allowed to have opinions. Well there's no I'm pondering that (laughs) Sindri 
that Sentry is being set up for... You know how Freya ended last game with like, I'm gonna kill you! I think they're setting up Sindri for a similar thing in the third game of like, uh, uh, he's going to be on your tail. It's probably going to go longer, but I don't think that we're going to end up killing Sindri. I think, it, but I think that he's no. definitely going to be tr- like after us for a while. Maybe not trying to actively kill us, but just like undermine us. Now, Santa Monica has said that this is the end of the Norse mythology tale. That doesn't mean that characters won't bleed over from mythology. No, you know? no. But do you believe that Sindri is going to follow Kratos and or Atreus to like Egyptian mythology or Aztec mythology or well, some Sindri other can pantheon? teleport at will. Yes, I do think that he is going to follow them into Egyptian uh Shinobi. And do you think he has enough hatred in his heart to fight those two? No. I do think that he has enough hatred in his heart to be petty as fuck. Yes. Um, so I think that what he is willing to do is now that he has nothing to really live for, he is willing to n- not put himself in harm's way um, necessarily for fighting, but for let me put it this way. My grandfather in World War II was an engineer in Poland. And one of the things that he did was he determined where on bridges they could place explosives so that when a German army was passing over, they could uh, hit those explosives and the entire bridge would explode uh, or would, would crumble, um, leaving the entire the army so he was and like also a not be able to cross. Sabotage engineer. Saboteur, yes. That's kind of what I'm thinking here. But that's ultimately gonna lead to to if if you follow that track, it's gonna have to lead to some sort of ultimate conflict between Sindri with Atreus and or Kratos. Like then they're gonna have to face each other at some point. Or Kratos like, is going to tell Sindri, like, if you don't stop doing this, I'm going to have to kill you. And and Sindri will, you know. Uh, uh, and you don't think do that'll something. be anticlimactic? I don't know. I feel well, like, we'll, I, you know, I want to circle back. I really feel like the whole will, will Sindri storyline. I can promise you. Say again? I, there, there will be something that happens that will not be anticlimactic. I can promise you that. I think that they're no, going to I'm deal sure. with the Sindri uh, uh, storyline in a very, very like epic way, but I do not think that it's necessarily going to be fighting. I think it could just be a, this is a very like cinematic story. I bet it could just be a very, very interesting cutscene. I don't like that. I'm sorry. I just, I don't think that's a great way to do it because it just you know and I, I you know even the game itself is like well Sindri kills Odin and then the game continues and you're given the option to you know keep exploring but the the credits the credits don't truly roll until you go to Brock's funeral where Sindri is just like fuck you and run you know walks away during it like they left that so much open. The the ending of this game was honestly my biggest beef hmm. where it just doesn't feel like anything happened the way it should. You know, Thor dying, Odin 
Thor dying not by Kratos' hands, for one. Odin basically being crushed, like being, you know, being crushed into a little marble. And then, yeah, Sindri rebuking uh, Kratos and Thor at Brock's funeral. And it just, it leaves, it leaves so much more open to interpretation. It leaves so much more of like... I love that. They've, they've said this is the end of the, the that series, but there's just so many, there's so much more like hanging out there and like, you know, and then there, there's, and, and, and for one, for a person who's, I don't want to say studied Morse mythology, but like kind of knows a few of the stories. It just feels like there's so many, there's so much more opportunity in there. And it's like, they didn't seize those opportunities. So you're just like, what, you know, what, what was going through the writer's head? And, I, I honestly would not be surprised if we got a DLC to this game with more story to it or something. Cause it just, mm. it felt so, I don't want to say unfinished, but like unresolved. I could see them doing, um, I don't want to call them spinoff games, but I can like, like maybe like non mainline games, uh, uh, that are like Atreus based with his combat I think the system. next game is going to be Atreus based though. I 100% agree that we're going to get a game in like 10 years and it's going to be Atreus based. It's going to be another quote unquote reboot or, you know, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, God of War. It might not be 10 years. I, I take that back, but like, it's going to be, uh, you know, what was it? How long is between the two games? Four five years. years, four, 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 five years. I can see another one like about five, five years where we get another God of War and it's Atreus and he's, like I said, he's in like Egyptian or Japanese or Aztec. He's in another mythology and we get more story to it. But the way they left this game, it felt like there's more to say within this world, this pantheon. There's more to be said. That's true. I agree with that. Um, I I did <clears throat> I did kind of I was surprised. I'd say when when we got to the part where all of a sudden we were opening up uh, or creating Ragnarok using the Chaos Blades, I was like, oh, I felt like we were another five or ten hours away from this part. Um, so I I was expecting a little bit more in terms of story. I liked what we got i really enjoyed the story i thought it was really good um but there was a lot there was a bit to be desired um i'd say um okay and what did you think of the story overall like overall he he opened up you know he opened up and you got freya against you and you got to rescue tear and then there's a whole uh you, know, you rescue and then you basically Tyr, just... and then you're sent on quests to um, help the dwarves and locate um, what was the item that you need from the dwarves uh, world. I can't remember at this time, but you well, basically you go to, the, you go to Svartalheim to... because that's where they think Tyr is. So you that's go true. there for that reason. And then, but then um, you go to Vanaheim to help uh, Freya's brother, and then you're helping Freya close the the magic that prevents her from traveling realms. Right. 
and, Which is, that's, and then intermittently yeah. you're helping yeah. helping Odin uh, as Atreus, mm-hmm. and he's traveling to like you know his different. He's got his own storyline going to Jotunheim with Angerboda, and then he's helping find the mask pieces and helping Odin and learning you know giving context behind Thor and through mm-hmm. uh, through storyline. What did you think of all that? I loved like that that the first two-thirds of this game I loved the last third of the game I liked uh, yeah. and where was that shift uh, approximately I think roughly when I realized that we were already starting Ragnarok um, like you said previously mentioned where you're just yeah, like oh yeah. we're there already it's, it's happening like I, I was expect I was not expecting it to happen so soon like it did not feel like what was the thing that happened right before that? I can't even remember because it all of a sudden was happening. Brock's death, wasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah, that was it. It was like, oh, Brock's death, and all of a sudden we're starting Ragnarok, and I was like, whoa, this feels like kind of a midway point, guys. Um, <laughs> almost like I was like, yeah, uh, uh, get drop our spirit like the quarter point kill Brock at the midpoint have another like bunch of stuff that you're like getting prepared you're getting over Brock's death you're like kind of like lashing out Sindri's lashing out you're maybe trying to reel him in like do all that sort of stuff and then go and open up Ragnarok like if they just added a bit of content to that part of the game the end of it would have been just as good um but it just all of a sudden kind of happened and I was like oh that's weird I okay um uh, in the you know excitement of playing it, I obviously didn't give a shit. But in hindsight, I'm like, hmm, that's odd. So, if I may express my own drunken thoughts here, of course. I, as we've talked about previously, you know, this game jumps between Atreus and Kratos, and it's fun. It's a unique idea. It was, you know, not totally unexpected. Like when it happened, I'm like, oh, okay. This is new, but you know what? I'm not surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, but did this, I don't know, did this game feel disjointed to you? Like, so the original game was, all right, we're going to set out to spread your mother's ashes. And that's what they, they try and do. And they just kind of hit roadblocks that prevent it from happening, you know, and just, oh, go on, you know, and it's roadblock to roadblock. And while you could argue that this game was like, oh, Ragnarok, is, you know, it's what we're working towards. And there's Raw Black and Raw yeah, Black. It's, it's but it just there. felt it felt very disjointed. It, felt it started like, from we're trying not to do Ragnarok and, and then it, we have to do Ragnarok. And so that happens like it, that was clear to me. It felt. I, but you I always like agree. it felt like I mean, you obviously there knew that was where chapters, the game was going. I mean, shit, chapters. the name of the game is Ragnarok. There were some chapters where I did feel kind of like, wait, what's the mission again? But overall, it was like me. I can't remember what chapters they were. It was kind of like middle part. But like there were just some chapters here and there where I was like, wait, what was what are we doing again? Yeah, it just I don't know. But that, the, I, I loved this that, game. I think that about every game. I loved this game and I, you know, I, I loved Christopher Judge and Sonny Soljan as Atreus and Kratos or Kratos and Atreus, respectively. Like, they did a great job of the motion capture and the emotion and the story. But it's just... I don't know. This game, I think, be, because they were jumping between characters and the the goal, while yet 
you know it's defined at the end of the day, but the the hesitation towards it just created a lot of disjointness in the story that just like it felt very broken up. It felt like, okay, you're gonna do this, and then we're gonna do this little side thing, and then we come back and we're gonna do this. It just felt kind of scattered. It just felt like a lot of little things. That added up to a big thing versus a progressive linear. It felt non-linear, even though the story is linear. Like you can't play that story out any other way. But the original was linear feeling. This game felt non-linear. What the biggest issue was. Now I'm realizing now. The studio. He just took a big old bong hit. We got a high minded minute ahead of us. The studio was afraid that Sonny Soljan was going to uh, grow up and not want to do uh, acting anymore. And they were like, well, we need to keep him. We, we can't be sure. Where that did you hear this? Around. I, th- I'm just, I'm just real. I'm just thinking about this. Um, they, they're like, we, so you're speculating. Knows? This I'm is a fact. This is pure speculation that Fa- they, they okay. were like, we were like, we need to hold on to him. We need to make sure that, that, that uh, 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 we at least get, two games we we're, we can't get guarantee a third game because he's gonna grow up he's gonna turn 18 he's gonna like maybe want to go off to college who knows what he's gonna want to do he's a kid he's sporadic kids do crazy things all the time who knows what he's gonna want to do so let's just do two games what they should have done is just bank on doing a third game ragnarok should have been the third game the, the second game should have been like you know, uh, battle for th- uh, for Thor's head or something. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I, we're not working your titling skills. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but Thimble Winter. Th- if, oh, Thimble Winter, that would be good. Yeah. Uh, Thimble Winter. Say it with me now. Thimble Winter. Thimble Winter. Thimble Winter. Yeah. Good man. Okay. Uh, I know because. Um, in Fire Emblem Seven, which they've announced oh, for God. Uh, Switch Here now, finally, we go. the uh, best. Magic I'm gonna, I'm gonna, in the I, game if I'm editing this week, I'm gonna incorporate like a Pee Wee Herman's Playhouse. Like he said, the magic word, the word of the day, Fire Emblem Seven. Yeah! It has, it has the magic Fimble Venter, which is the correct spelling of Fimble Winter. Um, and that's how I knew it. I was like, oh, fuck yeah. That's so that's what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I'm going to need more beer. Yes, you are. I'm going to need more weed before after this is done. Anyway, uh, that's what I was thinking about. But the, yeah, if God of War 2 had been just called uh, Fimble Winter and then God of War 3 was Ragnarok and they had just fleshed it out, you know, I could have seen the second game ending with like a Kratos dying and then the third game picking up with Atreus like a few years later. And, um, and he is... I could even see uh, Atreus taking care of Ragnarok on his own, and then at like the midway point, he goes off in the search to get a tra- uh, get Kratos back or something like that. Like that, I could have seen that happening. I don't know. Knowing what I know about some of those things that Loki had to endure during Ragnarok and or Greek uh, uh, Norse mythology, like. Do you know why the Norse, uh, or what the Norse believed earthquakes were? Um, 
no, involving Loki and a poisonous snake. I no, I don't know that story. What is this one? Let me let me educate you. Let me let me learn you something, son. So the the Norse believe that earthquakes are caused by the screams of agony of Loki. And the reason Loki is in agony is because after some bullshit he did, because let's be honest, Loki did a lot of bullshit. Uh, and I'm pretty sure it's killing Balder. I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong. But long story short, I'm not wrong on this next part is in repentance and in, in their frustration with dealing with Loki's bullshit. The Norse pantheon tied up Loki in a cave. So he could not move a square inch. Mm-hmm. And they had a they, they also tied a snake above his head that would constantly drip venom onto Loki's eyeball. I want I'm you to picture that for a second, story. my friend. I'm remembering this story now. Yeah, picture yeah. that for so a second, my high opinion in a friend. He, he is, his earthquakes so are the he, screams from the bowels of the earth. As he, as they are, as but the only because only because his wife, which is Anger Boda, mm-hmm. she she feels bad, so she sits there and holds a cup in front of Loki's eyeball as long as she can to collect the venom, and then when she can't hold it no longer or the cup is full, she dumps it. But in those spare moments, while she's doing so, drips of the venom hit Loki's eye and he's his screams and his pain and his anger are what cause earthquakes around the world. Right. So so it the earthquakes are sporadic because it's how long she can hold on or how long the cup takes to fill. Mm-hmm. Approximately see, so. See, I'm not saying that's 100 percent accurate. This is this is uh, why but the that's Norse the approximated. Were, this is why the Norse were uh, so brilliant with their storytelling, and then the and then the Greeks were like, and Poseidon was angry, and the tsunami came. <laughs> Fair. So like, that's I don't know. Basically I'm just I'm thinking about like for shit. <laughs> Poseidon was pissed. Move on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He was pissed off. <laughs> Zeus was the angry, Greeks were all about so he fucked someone, <laughs> and he fucked a bunch of people and made a bunch of his offspring. And then the eighties was angry about this, and so he killed the offspring. Like that—that's just a bunch of angry. That's people. all Greek mythology. It's is. just all—it's just a bunch of angry people. And it's I want to see. I want to see like Atreus go back to Sparta. Ooh, so Atreus if I have predictions on the. Mm. I want to. I want to. If I, you know, I want to. Let's let's move on to predictions. I could. Diatribe more on Norse mythology, but I'm not. But let's let's talk about predictions for the next game, whenever it may be. Let's say six, seven years down the line. Atreus goes back to Sparta to understand his roots. But instead of running into the Greek pantheon, which is, let's be honest, all fucking dead. Mm-hmm. He runs into the Roman pantheon. Ooh. That would be interesting. So just instead of Zeus, we have like Jupiter. It's yeah. just across the it's, sea. It's a hop, skip, and a jump, and they could be encroaching. They could be 
oh, well, the Greeks are gone. Fuck them. Let's take over. Which is true. The Romans were at that point uh, occupying the Greeks. So, like, you got Jupiter and you got Mars and Pluto. I think this could be very interesting. Uh, so we get we get the Roman pantheon encroaching on the Greek land, and Atreus is dealing with that. And Kratos comes back looking for Atreus, and we get uh, their kind of divulging storylines, but more Atreus this time, kind of leading into um, an Atreus focused series. I want Atreus to reconcile with the ghost of Sparta, and Kratos as well. I think Kratos has to be there for it as well. He does. Well, maybe he does Atre- or doesn't. Atreus, but... Atreus has to like come to terms with it on his own. But, Atre- yeah. but I think Kratos will will mm. be there for it. Like maybe not there to. He yeah. won't be there to experience it in the same way. Atreus will experience it in his own way. But Kratos will still be present. I think like at, when when it happens. Yeah, I haven't thought that much into it. I just I just think. <laughs> I think putting Atreus, you know, in a world where Kratos, you know, you know, where's a lot of what Atreus's slash Loki's story is him finding himself and understanding who Loki is. Parallel, you know, parallel to that, those two games are about Kratos forgetting who he was. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And trying to move beyond that personal, you know, that person that he used to be, that that god of war of killing Ares and Zeus and all the fuckers. So having a game that focuses on those two worlds meeting and contradicting and uh, and 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 you know uh, exploring that world like. You know, what happens when you have somebody who's trying to find themselves and somebody who's trying to forget themselves. Right. Meet. Mm-hmm. And really meet. Like, obviously, they're father and son. So, like, we've had a little bit of clash. And, you know, and, I, and that's one thing I love. I love the moments of Ragnarok that reference the old games. Mm-hmm. I was telling, I was talking to a friend of mine earlier this week. I loved that Ragnarok, and even the first game, too, by extent, by extension, would talk about the original games almost to a like a fair extent. Like there, there was a conversation. I don't know if you experienced it between Kratos and Mimir about Deimos. Did you get to that part? Yes. I loved that because mm-hmm. that is the entire plot of Ghost of Sparta on the PSP. Yeah, and that's fantastic. So I loved when there was the crossover. I, you know, because they would talk a little. One thing little the games. About it. One of these games, one of the one of the things these two games did so fantastically was they were a great entry point in the sense that if you had never played an original God of War game, you, you'd still figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. you could still piece together. Oh shit! This guy's got history of being a douchebag, and one you can move on from that. One of my favorite moments. In the first game was when Mimir learned, and then my, again in the second in Ragnarok, one of my favorite moments was when Freya learned because Freya learning was so special of like her fi- actually realizing, oh man, um, 
this guy hurts just as much as I do, and he's done a lot of bad shit, and yeah. I've done a lot of bad shit. And it was just kind of like re- realizing all a bunch of different stuff. I love those little moments of of calling back to the original game while in a way calling it to attention with with everything that's going on with them right now. Exactly. So if you were to take that and and create a whole new game based on it, but still keeping it fresh by, like I said, you, you're bringing like the Roman versions of the Greek gods and plays Atreus as he's working through the whole like, this is who my father was, this is who... You know, but I'm trying to be better. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think there's something there that could be just interesting to explore. Mm. Instead of bringing him to a whole new realm of like somehow Atreus ended up in Egypt. Just like somehow Kratos ended up in Norway or, you know. That's a very good point. You know what I'm saying? Instead of. I mean, there is a there's a comic book that explains how Kratos gets up there, but like, fuck it. Who gives a shit about that? Mm-hmm. I'm talking about like in game. It's like instead of bringing, you know, uh, Atreus to just some random pantheon just to be, you know, that, uh, you know, to be the villain of that pantheon, bring him back and, con- you know, have him confront his father's past, but at the same time, keep it fresh and new. What if here's something for you? What if we get two? Slim. What if we get two different mythologies next time? He goes back. The Roman mythol the Roman pantheon is encroaching on the Greek pantheon, but you know what is right across the uh, water and is clashing with the Romans. Egyptian. Egyptian. So what if we have two mythologies who are both at? odds with each other because the countries are at odds or maybe the countries are at odds because the pantheons are at odds yeah could be so and uh, that would be atreus god of gets, war if they're at war they need a god would, of war they would be god of war so uh kratos gets caught up or, or atreus gets caught up in the middle of it and what if he um ends up killing another god and like even he becomes kratos. he kills mars that would be interesting because mars was the roman god of war I know that. I know that. What if he? Yeah, he kills Mars and um, uh, becomes the new God of War. Yeah. Loki. Low of the Norse mythology is now. Or you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go way back here. I'm doing a deep pull, and I know we've talked about this in the past, but bear with me for the podcast. The one of the original ideas from God of War three. So God of War three sees Kratos die again come back from Hades uh, eventually um, works with Hephaestus to uh, find and open Pandora's box because that contains like the hope of the world. You know, it's not just like, you know, from the first game, it's the power to defeat a God is what we believe, but they're like, no, that's the hope to, you know, that's the hope of mankind basically. So you, you find the Pandora's box, but then you fight, Gaia and you fight Zeus again and then you kill Athena and you open or not kill it but you open the box and you give hope back to mankind which takes the power from the gods it's a whole thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. a long story short David Jaffe who is one of the original creative directors on the God of War series back in the early thousands has said that one of the original ideas 
for God of War 3 was to kill Zeus in the beginning of the game, have Kratos go explore Egyptian mythology, and and uh, play with timelines more. And at the end of the game, the end of the game was to, he would meet up with two alternate timelines of himself. Like he would go to the Egyptian mythology, Egyptian uh, pantheon, and basically find another version of himself fighting those gods mm-hmm. and realize like, oh, this is happening around the world. And so he would team up with that guy, that Kratos. And then there was another one they would team up with and it would make three of them. And those three Kratos I, Kratoses, Kratoses, however you want to call them. <laughs> People who were in the same boat as Kratos. Yes, yes. Kratos eyes. They were not all Kratos. They were. They were. They, not... were. they were iterations of Kratos in different mythologies. Oh, so that means that they were just like different versions of. They were not necessarily like the exact copy of Kratos, you piece of shit. <laughs> Oh but say criticize. It's so much fun. Oh, criticize. No, <laughs> no, I, no. Long story short, the three versions of Kratos that they saw in the game would become the three wise men of Christianity. Oh, interesting. And the game would end with them delivering the gifts of frankincense, myrrh, and gold. These to the baby three Jesus. Very violent men. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hopefully it's a little more pacifist at that point, but like <laughs> the game would end with the birth of Christianity. Uh, um, okay. I, I always <laughs> thought like, well, I'm happy they didn't go that route because three is just a fucking amazing epic game. I always thought that was an interesting idea of ending the God of War series with the burst of Christianity. Yeah. So, like, what if it's a, like Atreus, Kratos, and an unnamed third character that we eventually get that become the three wise men? Freya with a beard. Um, I don't think you're right on that front, but no, please I, no, continue, I'm my high opinion, friend. I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> Maybe Mimir, if they restore his body. I could see that, honestly. I could see that. Um, but no, I. I, what I think is they're definitely going to go into different mythologies and like, but the thing is, the uh, uh, God of War, um, 2018 and Ragnarok are taking place in, um, like, AD. Like, you think so? They, it's confirmed they're taking place in like 500, 600 AD. Um, maybe how's that even, confirmed? Maybe I missed something. People, it's you can look it up. People have talked about it. Like the Santa Monica Studios has said that it's that it takes place because the Norse mythology, like Norse uh, uh, mythology, was from closer to the AD, like 500, 600, 700, 800. Like Vikings, where the Greeks took like place, what like three thousand BC? Yeah, Greeks were no. like three thousand to one uh, to. 3002 I do not uh, believe I'm uh, correct on that. Um <clears throat> Egyptian mythology is the oldest and longest lasting. Um so that would be kind of weird just to them discovering it in like uh, Greek mythology 900 to 800 BC approximate. So mm-hmm. 
And yeah, Egyptian probably a little bit different, but mm-hmm. well, Egypt has been around for like ten thousand years, eight to eight thousand years, um, and so 4, and their mythology has been around for so so fucking long. Um, it's and it lasted so long. It was still in practice until like twelve hundred. Norse mythology was it'd be I mean it's 790 C whatever this is um, 12th century so is when it finally got away so yeah I mean very different exactly periods in time but like but the Roman mythology was definitely around at this point, and so was the uh, uh, sh- not Shinobi, the the Japanese one. Um, yeah, these were all viable mythologies for them to jump into, and uh, the way Atreus held his bow could almost be like a katana. Could be. Think about that combat. Could be like how he was like. That's very true. That's very true. He did he did hold it in the posture of of like a samurai um in full armor. That's yeah, it's a thing to think about. But in the meantime, I think that we are encroaching on an hour and uh, and a half and we should probably let our our humble four listeners listener. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm you're right. I'm getting way ahead of myself. Our humble listener <laughs> should really uh get going. So um Hi, Mom. <laughs> uh, but I think that we've said a lot of good things. I think that we've we've laid a lot of groundwork, and they if they listen to this, they might get some good ideas. And if they weren't heading in that direction, then I uh, hope that they reconsider. Because I like the idea of Roman uh, Roman mythology clashing with Egyptian mythology. I think that would be a really cool concept. I think that would be a very, very, very cool concept, and they would really live up to the name of God of War. So, uh, anyway, um, I think we end the discussion there. Corey, you um, you work hard, but you also like to do some uh, art. Where can we find that? You know. Oh. So, I haven't posted a lot lately. I need to. I need to get better on that. Yeah. I need to make you know. Ideally, I'm going to talk to my work and see what kind of stuff I can start posting from my work because I. Um, I think I told you I, I am now the official marketing videographer for Dogcore. That is my official title. So, I need to see what videos I can start posting. I know I finished one recently uh, that will be able to show publicly but the machine is uh i don't know if i can say all right it's pretty cool though it's a new it's a new machine and it's very uh it's got some patents pending which is cool um i'm gonna soon have a new video probably sometime in like may i mean i have videos obviously in between that a lot of shit that i probably can share but i have a new video in machine uh, in probably may hopefully that i'll be able to share that like we got all the patents for, which is totally dope. Very so, nice. A lot of cool shit happening at Delcor. So yeah. Uh, and 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 I'm doing a lot of cool videography stuff. I'm um, up, updating and and really doing my best to 
work within the marketing team to up those videos and up my pro, uh, my portfolio and make something truly outstanding. So you can hopefully keep an eye on that on most of the social medias, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at, uh, you can follow me at Roxy boy, R O K E S Y B O Y. Um, keep an eye out too. I am, uh, directing, uh, the first episode of a series, a web series, uh, this summer as well. So that's going to be getting underway soon. So expect some uh, behind the scenes photos on that and, and updates for, uh, the wildlife society. Very nice. Thank you. Hmm. What about you, G man? Well, uh, I'm a writer. You can find my short stories, my shorter stories, my scenes from plays, uh, poetry and some photographs um all on my website mad-musings.com uh, again that's mad-musings.com i haven't updated it in a while but i'm about to go I'm no about to you go, have not i'm about to get a week uh off from class a uh, little just mid midway week off and so that'll be nice i'm gonna take my laptop and make sure to update it and uh, put some new things up there and keep you posted on that you uh crazy animals um crazy but, animal. yeah. let's be honest here fair enough you crazy animal uh anyway Hi, morgan <laughs> anyway <laughs> uh you can get my writings at uh, mad-musings.com and yeah follow me at outrageous underscore creation on instagram that's the only that's the only you don't share really shit care. on that don't exactly, even advertise but it's that the, it's the only thing that i actually engage with so whatever you don't engage with that either <laughs> engaging means you would actively like participate I in the conversation in, on is, instagram in i go on there and i look at stuff and i like stuff that's mm-hmm. what i mean by i engage with it yeah that's what they all say Fair enough. well anyway so. that's it for us this week I've been your high opinionated piece of shit, Graham Stebniewski. Wonderful self-confidence there, bud. Thank you. He has been your high opinionated host of the highly intellectual and more H words that I can't think of at this point, but he's been awesome. So, so you give put him a round of applause. You, you put me down, and then when I put myself down, you're like, whoa, whoa, what are you doing putting yourself down? Yeah, exactly. I'm allowed to put you down, but you can't put yourself down. <sighs> That's you got it. Okay. <clears throat> no, it's not you it's not it wrong. Nope. I don't. Alright, whatever. Self-confidence, my friend. I am giving you armor. I am teaching you armor. Sure. So that when sure. So that when the critics give you shit, you'll be like, fuck those guys. I'm used to this bullshit. I've dealt with Corey Rokes, man. That guy's an asshole. Yeah, yeah. All I'm hearing is you're a dick. (laughs) Asshole. Thank you. Yep. But that's it from us. Because I am an asshole, but I'm your asshole. Get out of here. You don't need to hear the rest of this. This is just just shut it off and turn it turn it off. You don't need to be here anymore. Go. Don't tell Morgan what to do. I'm telling our three audience members. 
All right, don't tell Morgan, your mom, and my mom what to do. <laughs> what was that? Fair enough. What? Uh, I just heard like a... It's my phone buzzing below the microphone because I didn't think it would go off. Well, that it's just shocking that it sounds like your phone and not like the uh, marital aid, marital aid you keep in your desk. But that's a whole other con- uh, conversation. Wow, you would for that one, didn't you? Wow, there you, you go. You know Owen I Wilson. have problems in my multiple marriages. That's a whole other can of worms, my friend. <laughs> Graham, thank you so much. Don't get discouraged. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make you a famous writer someday, Ernest Hemingway. I'll make fun of you, but don't make fun of yourself. All right. Be self confident. Let's just end this podcast now and get it over with. I have places to be and things to do. <laughs> just, and food to eat, my dude. Like You're a, just dragging this out. You always just drag this out, and I just want it to be over. Yeah. Well. Why do you you kind of sound like Hannah. <laughs> I bet she does. I bet she does. I bet she does, too. God, I love that woman. I am your high. I'm not high. You're drunk. No, you're not. No, you're not. I'm drunk. That's how you can tell. There you go. All right. Cue the music. I've been Corey Rokes, your drunken dashly douchebag. And I'm Graham. See you, folks. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>